0: Those are good times, Oh,
1: man. good times, yeah. They're yeah. not friends anymore.
0: Yeah, it's a shame. Yeah. Should we get into the podcast? Let's jump into the
1: podcast. Yeah. Although before we jump in, I want to do a public service announcement. I'm not going to jump oh in God. like my typical sexual jokes. I'm going to do a public service announcement. Right. If I tell you, have a good day or have a good evening or whatever when you're leaving, and you don't say anything back, let me just make it clear that what I just said is now revoked.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? In my opinion, it's bad luck if you don't say it back. Mm -hmm. It's bad luck
1: Yeah It's like breaking a mirror Totally You're a bad person Did you just ignore me And go straight on
0: Bad people Chances are If there's someone like that They probably did have a bad evening
1: Yeah Hope so Yeah (laughs) Um, Before we
0: get into it Oh yeah sure um, You have something Arm on the left Arm on the right Eye on the left Eye on the right Nose in the middle Mouth in the middle Dylan Why is the outward appearance Of the human body So symmetrical
1: why is the Alfred appearance of the... Is this a real question? I'm asking you. I, is there an answer that did I, did I... I was just up to you. Is there a right it's, or wrong answer? No, there's no objective answer. Why is the body so symmetrical? I guess it's just uh, the way evolution formed. That's the way the human body ended up
0: yeah. coming into form. No, I mean, any answer is okay. Okay. Even if it's an uneducated one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and one more yeah. question. Uh, mo- many admirers of Ronald Reagan credit him and his policies with the fall of communism is that claim justified with the fall of communism
1: well i know that he was president when the berlin wall came down so i guess yeah he would have some yeah yeah i would say, i would say so yeah cool. yeah
0: okay <laughs> anyway guys
1: <laughs> is, is there nothing more to that that's it
0: I can ask you more questions if you want. Are you, are you just throwing trivia at me? Yeah, I'm throwing deliberately difficult questions at you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that, that don't have a, a direct yeah, answer. Yeah, sort of make you actually kind of annoyed with how, like, tricky they are.
1: <laughs> I would say the wrong ring one is more or less true, but... Yeah. Oh, this one's really difficult. Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll make it a magic this tree. for the,
0: the, view, the viewers, the listeners, to think about at home. Mm. Astronomers deal on a daily basis with distances like light years which are so great, they are hard to imagine. Do astronomers, therefore, tend to feel smaller than other people do?
1: I would say definitely, because they're dealing with, you know, outer space, the bigger things around them and stuff. Because we can get so lost in our own bubbles sometimes that we think that, you know, we're the main characters in our own worlds. But I'd say astronomers rarely
0: feel that way. It's actually a very good answer. (laughs) I I remember I used to, like, when I used to to smoke... uh, cigarettes yes um, <laughs> i was so high man. I, uh, <laughs> I used to smoke uh different cigarettes mm. i would like lay i would like sit there in a park or like lay in a field mm. and like if it was like getting a bit dark and you could like you you'd start thinking about space and you'd be looking up at the sky <laughs> yeah the that's how, you, how you feel small man yeah if you if you, if you smoke s- different cigarettes and you're like looking up in the sky you will start to feel like very, very small. Cause mm. you, you know, when you start thinking about space as well, yes. and you like you get way too far into your thoughts. You are like, wait, no, come back, come back. Yeah, because yeah. you are like back to Earth. So, if wait, so if space, wait, yeah. if everything started with the Big Bang, then what was before the Big Bang? And then,
1: and then you are just like, no, no, uh, no I know. You get really fucking way. deep, yeah. yeah. Especially when we look at the stairs, and you are not in you are not in a central city that's you know surrounded with street lights and stuff. So the lights, so the the stairs are like properly glowing yeah. you can really see the details in them and stuff you're just lying there looking at that for so long you do have to start to feel insignificant but I, for me I don't feel it in a bad way just like in a beautiful it's, kind of way. It's of like, a, yeah, it's wow, a very cool. part of this massive galaxy. Yeah. You know, yeah. You,
0: you somewhat feel important as well. You're like, yeah. Oh my god, I'm here. Yeah. It's, a, it's a, like that quote in I that. I could have been one of those millions of sperms. That exactly, died. yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: That, that Ricky Gervais quote, that quote in that Monday Python song. It's like, how oh, incredibly yeah. unlikely is your birth? You know, just be grateful that they. You were born. This is a very fucking deep world. way to jump into the <laughs> yeah. fucking Simpsons podcast. That's why. That's, that's what those questions evoke. Exactly. Did they, they make yeah, you exactly. think? That, that, that was cool. That was I'm a fun way I to start it. Yeah. But anyway, let's get a bit more lighthearted, guys. <laughs> Welcome to the Sebastian of a Simpsons podcast, the podcast myself and Sebastian here do so that you can be informed by our opinions and nobody else's. Mm. We could jump in. Yeah. Today we we're re- reviewing "Hostile Kirkplace, the sixteenth episode of the thirty-fourth season. And Mr. John Bain made a great couch at the start. Weird Al Yankovic oh, yeah. playing the uh, the theme song on his accordion. Great little rendition. And he finishes it off and he just goes, Can I say for dinner? No. Oh, Nice quick little couch just to get the energy up and then boom into the episode. We jump in and a narrator in a very like Dr. Seuss type fashion The
0: people of Springfield are proud of their town And they'll toot their horn honkers to proclaim its renown But there's one tale the town folk won't brag of or bray It's what happened on Springfield's dumb dumbiest day
1: uh, We open up the school Willie wakes up from a nap discovering that their electricity has overloaded And we see that he's sleeping on a bag of grass clippings First, at first, I was like, "Oh, that's funny." He's a groundskeeper, a bag of grass clippings. But was more I thought, about it, I was like, "Oh, yes, he's probably kind of comfortable." If mm, the bag was like yeah. definitely no way of the grass getting out, quite, yeah, it was quite full. comfortable. Yeah, yeah. Probably. I would imagine a whole bag like, of grass clippings, like
0: a pillow full of feathers. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly, just like super soft. <laughs> I want to try it. But uh, he runs out, and we see every socket is plugged in. Martin is tied up in a bunch of cables, and Bart is droid riding their vacuum cleaner in just proper cheeky Bart fashion. He says they have one more piece of power. If they use one more piece of power, the grid will explode. And he sees that Ralph is going to the his pencil. And he does it, and then the grid explodes. Flames fall into a giant container of Iraq war surplus mayonnaise. And their slogan is delicious accomplished. And the mayonnaise starts seeping through the school. It's a weird way to start off the episode. Uh, in a funny way, though, yeah they all run out and Skinner announces that they'll have to close for weeks and the kids start cheering it's like oh you must have misheard me I said the school will be closed for weeks and Nelson just goes we said woohoo that's great (laughs) we then cut to Homer watching TV one of my favourite quotes in the whole episode it's like this great tongue in cheek fit. the guy on TV just goes stay tuned to find out more uh, baseball scores from 1986 he's like oh 1986 I was 2 years old then or was I 30 Just such a great little reference to, like, how time doesn't matter in The Simpsons. Like, like if they tried to make it matter, then marriage and Homer would be in their 90s now. So it's like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? You may as well keep them the same age. An ad just goes, goes, are you tired of IRS debt, mortgage trouble, and a a chocoholic's foot, formerly known as diabetes? And Shaquille O'Neal shows up and goes, then you should try... Tidy Mighty. It's like, oh, late night... <laughs> the guy in the is like, late night commercial legend, Shaquille O'Neal. Do you, do you know... it Was this actually Shaquille O'Neal? Do you know the answer? It wasn't actually. No.
0: Say. Interesting. Yeah.
1: I I, 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 I I, thought it was, because it would make sense for Simpsons if it of was. Of course, and,
0: yeah. It's not, I mean, it's something he would do as well. Yeah, right?
1: and he wasn't depicted in, in an unflattering way in the episode, no. so I assumed it was. I feel like
0: that's something he would just be like, yeah, I'll do Yeah,
1: why not? That. Yeah. But no, I looked it up. It's Kevin Michael Richardson, who... Voices. His main voice is actor Hedberg. He does a lot of ensemble parts in the show. But my God, Craig credit, credit, them that's a pretty pitch pretty perfect good. impression. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I haven't listened to a great deal of Kilonil. But what I've heard, it sounds like it's pretty perfect. I, I was fooled. But he advertises the underwear being like they're strong and durable uh, underwear, and operators are standing by, and it's a slam dunk. And he was like, oh, that's the best kind of dunk. And he goes to order it, and marriage warns him to get no, to, to make no more late night purchases from those commercials reminding him that he previously bought unkeelable garden hoses, squatty potty. It's like, Why would you need the world's brightest flashlight? It has the most luminescent. And he misses he's falling for all the commercials and feels as stupid as a guy who bought spaghetti samurai before learning how to make spaghetti. We then cut to him asleep on the couch cradling a spaghetti samurai. And the kids wake him up because the they're now using the sitting room as their home school while the school is closed. And he's like, oh, homeschooling. Every half-ass Paris nightmare. We didn't cut to Homer and Bart reading fourth grade math and Bart is actually reading a comic book. Classic cheeky thing. and Homer is still just moaning over his past purchases looking at over all the receipts. We cut to, you know, it's like a series of people being homeschooled homeschooler on Springfield. Martin is studying with his robot. His robot just goes, first law of robotics, you suck. So <laughs> just like the gag of like, a robot that can only think objectively is saying the American sucks. Yeah, <laughs> so good. It's very
0: random as well.
1: It's so random he just has a robot in his house that's studying with him. We didn't cut to Kirk teaching Milhouse. <laughs> he's showing up on a whiteboard and he's like... If I have $500 in the bank
0: and your mother wants to take two-thirds of it to buy a purse when her old purse is just
1: fine. You? $500 in the bank? What are you teaching him? Science fiction? No, real fiction, Land. It's real fiction. <laughs> just great to get a Kirk episode. For sure. A very rare thing, but I do think he's I a great character. Yeah. I mean, he makes so much I sense. Mean, I
0: love the whole family. The, family. Man, the Manhattan
1: yeah. family are great, yeah. He just makes so much sense as the Millhouse's dad, and his dynamic with Luann, makes so much sense to who Milhouse is as a kid. Exactly. You know, like, it's just all so perfect. I, I, I love when, like, when, when when the parent dynamic and the kid is, is so seamless. Like, it just makes perfect sense. Yeah. Because there's plenty of examples where it's like, it doesn't really. You know, that like, Luann and Kirk are so clearly Milhouse's parents. For sure. Yeah, so good.
0: But what I find really weird is, like... Maybe it could be, like, a subtle, like, incest thing. Well, that they look but the exact, exact they same. They look the exact same. Yeah. Right? I mean, they had
1: made jokes about that in the past, for sure. That <laughs> They're, like, Mickey Minnie Mouse-like. But, yeah, we got to marriage, teasing the kids about Springfield history. She jumps ahead to Chapter 4, A Great Endeavor. We cut to a man introducing the Springfield gazebo, uh, which was designed as a meeting point for single men and women making Springfield the pitching woo capital of America. He just goes, Gentlemen, start your ukulele's and they start playing ukulele's and like serenading the women and the gazebo starts vibrating and uh this is Professor Frank described it as being like it's vibrating and not in a good way. And he points out that they did not account for the frequency of the wooing. Um he's like, Stop making love in the old timey sense. I should clarify, not Professor Frank. This is set in the past, but they're all the same characters, you know. Mm. They're ancestors who looked absolutely just like them. Oh yeah, Marichak's describing that gloom, glory turned to fiasco for the disgraced mayor of Springfield, Eustace Van Houten. And he just goes, ah, soup crackers, as he was as to fall apart. Which ends up being Kirk's catchphrase the rest of the episode, which makes no sense, but I love it. Just, ah, soup crackers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it just suits his character. He um, sounds like a very Ned Flanders thing to say.
1: Yeah, yeah, true. No, oh, soup crackers. Yeah. It's like he wants to curse, but he yeah. want to say an actual slur, so he says that instead. <laughs>
0: That's very true. Could Two. it be uh, possibly um, a, a term for white people? Soup crackers.
1: I mean, cracker is. Cracker, so. yeah, so... Yeah, you could call it a, a soup cracker. cracker. Maybe something like, really sensitive, like they're like liquid. You can get to them so easily. Oh, you're such a soup what cracker. What I find <laughs> weird about
0: about the term... I mean, this is very off topic, but... Yeah, go for what it. What I find weird about the term cracker is mm. it's meant to be like a... Uh, a bad term for white people and it is yeah okay, but i mean it it's not the same to... as the n-word like no. we can say yeah, it and, but that's the thing it's like it's no way of on the same level all it's saying is because they used to crack the whip
1: oh is that where, that's where it comes from so you're from? just saying i'm a whip cracker you're showing it back at them. Like, i didn't write like, and see it that way i just told because it's like crackers are i say I'm, the same I'm, i don't skin with these people yeah, yeah, yeah but
0: like i find it interesting that like that's meant <laughs> to be a dogatory term and it makes sense, but it's yeah. like it's it's not on the same level. Of course uh, not. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting. I always careful. It's
1: fine. I always just thought of it as like, like crackers are kind of the same skin tone as I was like the, the, the food crackers. I always thought that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah but guess... that's actually where it derives yeah, from. Yeah. Am I a cracker?
0: What's say, Well. <laughs> yeah you're white but you you didn't you don't crack the whip no but like you know Apart from last night like I'm, I'm, I'm like super white you know like the... you're very white uh-huh. I mean your interests are quite white as well uh-huh. I'd say you're pretty white
1: uh-huh. I'm a honky oh, man. <laughs>
0: I'm a honky I wish I was black
1: that's another one a honky honky, yeah. am I, a honky? I don't know what that means I don't need to bridge everything like someone being like very yeah, white and I'm a honky am I a honky? I guess why am I why am my interests
0: really white? I
1: don't
0: know. <laughs> Destroy in me. A bad way. Roast me. No, not in a bad way. Roast me. I just, no, I know. The Simpsons. You're just, comedy. You're just a very white bird.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not listening to hip-hop. In the yeah, you're, time, not, but... you're not
0: black like me, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Some people who might not know what you look like, maybe they think you are black. Back at the house being homeschooled, he goes, um, so the Van were always losers? Like, not true, son. Your grand. This is Kirk. Not true, son. Your grand that it was prepared a Caesar salad for Dean Martin at the table and everything. <laughs> like, if you say so. I'm going to play phys- uh, I- I'm going to go to phys ed. We're swimming today. He's going in, like, a little swimming pool that's filling up himself <laughs> with a hose. We didn't cut to Moes, Kirk complains that um, if life wasn't hard enough, his school is teaching his son about what losers his family is. No complains that he bought a pretzel strainer, a face bidet, and spray-on music. Just <laughs> sprays it
0: and starts playing music. I noticed as well, um, if, do you notice how he, like, subtly covers the cup when Homer sprays? Oh, Carol did! Yeah,
1: you, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, that was a, a nice little detail. Just yeah. like, something going on in
0: the background. I'm sensible. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, it made sense for Carol, too. Like, the perfect yeah. choice of character. The most sensible of the, the most tavern people. But... um he, he says he's, Homer says he's broke and it's all Shaq's fault. I mean, he cuts to Shaq playing the commercial again and he's like, now your belly button can be lint-free with the nasal vac and she'll like it too. He's like, she didn't. Screw you, Shaq. <laughs> and Malk is really defensive. I will not have you badmouthing Shaquille Rashawn O'Neal. Four-time NBA champ, rapper, Actor, sheriff, restaurateur, black belt in Shaq Fu, Shaq belt in Kung Fu, and now the big Aristotle dominates the late night airwaves. He is living proof that anybody can make their dreams come true. I just love the detail of Mo being obsessed with Shaquille O'Neal. Oh, yeah, he everything about him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so utterly random. It over says that if he can just make a product that no one needs, but everyone wants, he can pay off his debt.
0: It is very interesting that Shaquille O'Neal was like, actually known more for just being like a an iconic person rather than his nba career
1: yeah yeah that, that's what he started off doing he obviously yeah. branched out in so many different areas i mean firstly me, i'm always more inspired by somebody
0: who like i guess it's like the rock as well with the wrestling and,
1: yeah yeah I and mean, he has a little, little companies now obviously he's a huge movie star i'm always more inspired by people who do a lot of things in different areas yeah rather than somebody who's who excels at one thing. I'm very inspired by plenty of people who only do one thing also, but someone who can ch- who challenges what people perceive them as, yeah. I'm always inspired and by. It's very you know?
0: difficult, because to like be in the NBA, I mean, for Shaquille O'Neal is it's different, because he was just built to... Oh yeah, born thing. to be a basketball like, player. But it's So it's, gigantic. It's interesting, because most people in the NBA, you probably give up your whole life just to play basketball, and that's all you know. Yeah, yeah, very so true. So to actually go on from that and do other stuff afterwards when all you know is basketball it's quite admirable yeah
1: super admirable yeah super cool he just challenged himself and wanted to do more things when he easily could have just kept making millions just playing basketball yeah. you know yeah I find that really admirable but yeah and then then he lashes out more lashes out to Kirk being like you big Millhouse, stop whining if someone calls your family a loser stick up for yourself yeah I thought big middle house was just great like it's exactly who the character is and he inspires Kirk and he's like yeah I will we then cut to this uh, school assembly. Skinner announces the school will officially reopen. He's like, "Let the free childcare and intermittent learning begin." And then Kirk bursts burst in, protesting against teaching about the gazebo disaster. He's like, "It makes our children hate our town and me hate myself." And Trauma says that. Their plan was to thread water on that for weeks, even buying a book dedicated to the poor quality metal bracing. It says the book, and it's called A Guide to Van Houten's Folly from Gazee. Gaebo to gazebo. <laughs> it's so stupid. But he's, he says he'll play a trumpet, which he has no formal training while he meets there at the man. <laughs> just playing the trumpet. It's so good because there's, there's nothing worse than the sound of someone playing an instrument they don't know how to play. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's on the money. Marge worries that this meeting could uh, go out of hand. And Homer uh, no just goes, Marge, stop saying things. I'm trying to think of a great product. Uh, to make it's like hmm handgun underpants bucket in a spoon oh oh no bucket in a box oh spoon 2.0 steak bedazzler you could tell he just had so much fun making up all these different products sure. throughout the episode so fun we then cut to another meeting a couple of days later uh, Chalmers announces that they are here because of a parent having a problem that he believes to be important enough to warrant Chalmers missing the new Equalizer movie starring at the Life of Queen Latifah <laughs> he says that they need to stop saying Kirk says they need to stop saying that the, the, the gazebo incident was his great-grandfather's fault. And then Miss Peyton goes, um, well, it was. His dying words were, my bad. And Kirk says they need to start celebrating what's good about this town rather than pointing out what's wrong. And the committee agrees with him. But then American's parents chime in, who have never had anything to do with the show. It was interesting they had, like, an important role this episode. Mm-hmm. They are such, like... You don't yeah. You never any personality to them, yeah. Martin's parents say they think it's important that all of Springfield's disasters are are taught, such as the Monorail, Lady Gaga's visit and the gazebo collapse. I liked when she said Lady Gaga's visit because the joke there is that it's considered the worst episode of the show. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Love that Yeah, a great little tongue in cheek reference there. I like, appreciate it. Definitely being someone who considers that to be the show's worst episode. Martin's parents say, If kids are taught to be ashamed of the past, how will they learn to be ashamed of the future? And uh, Kirk holds, holds up Milhouse and is like, look at my son. Do you think he needs to feel any worse about himself than he already does? You were doing this to him. <laughs> they were in your wolf castle. Great little chiming and just goes,
0: I agree with the board lady. Why does history have to be hurtful? Every book about World War II makes the Germans the bad guys.
1: <laughs> and Kirk goes, Stop teaching fags! <laughs> and the American's par- M- M- parents go, Historical guilt is everything. Right, it was at this point
0: where I was like, Alright, this joke, is a joke, very joke.
1: current episode. Oh, yeah, very yeah, current, so, topical. so current. Yeah, totally, very topical. Um then your goes, You snowflakes are hurting our feelings. It's just great quotes throughout. Uh, then the old Jewish man goes, Those who don't remember the past are. <laughs> are condemned to repeat it and then Grandpa goes uh, on the other hand those who don't remember the past are condemned to repeat it <laughs> and then Chalmers just goes I move that we end this meeting with everyone angry and dissatisfied all in favour boo wonderful I mean this scene I thought so was perfect good, yeah. the, every single line was was a great I joke think, but yeah. it also progressed the plot exactly like it yeah. just that's it genius right? such a man. wonderful showcase of great like how to tell yeah. a story with comedy yeah, yeah, just masterful. We didn't cut to them outside, leaving the meeting. Milhouse tells Kirk that he's proud of him, as weird it is for a son to be proud of his dad. And then Luan goes, me too. This marriage may have just gotten on sexless. We didn't cut to Homer marriage and Karen. Marriage is upset by all the disagreement. But Homer says people have to have a difference of opinion. That's why democracy uh, was formed. Remember that? Which, again, funny joke, but true. We, we are kind of diverting a little bit away from... What democracy is where we allow people to have different opinions. We're kind of getting a little bit more, to put it lightly, a bit more of a communist attitude. Like, we think people have the same opinions as us, you know?
0: Yeah, it's like... Obviously, I don't feel that way, but a lot of people do. A lot of people, especially online, act like... 100%. And
1: their opinions are facts, you know? Which is
0: harmful. Even if someone's opinion is like horrible and like racist and homophobe yeah they're still entitled to their opinion they air, that, yeah that's like not everything sunshine and rainbows and that's what democracy is everyone has their own right to thoughts and like opinions yeah and voting and totally you know yeah i mean you can't really have a, de- a proper democracy without having to allow people to have their own opinions even if they're ones you disagree with because then you're you yourself you're being a dictator totally you're it's like it's, it's the like... wrong
1: way to try and spread your own views you should be you should spread your views and you know in, in, in a more optimistic way I just don't think it's it's, it's, it's like it's, it's, you're, you're creating a fight you can win because some people are just so racist and so homophobic and yeah. so everything else it's like I just don't waste my time with them you know what I mean and I know it's Easier, easy for me to say when I'm a straight white male, I get that. But, yeah, I don't know, I, I, I just feel like you're, you're starting a battle like you'll never win with certain people like exactly. that, you know? Yeah. The,
0: yeah. I mean, everyone always thinks their opinion on stuff is correct. Of course, yeah, yeah. As do the the racists yeah. and the homophobes, so yeah. it's just like... There's no winning. But you can't say, like, Aeolus. Well, my opinion is right, everyone has to have the same opinion as me. It, well, that, that, it, if that an opinion this, is it, you're wrong.
1: The, the word opinion exactly. is what defines... It's in the word opinion. Yeah, exactly. You, you can't be right or wrong when you have an opinion. Do you know what I hate recently, actually? A, a lot of film critics are using the word objective. Like, this movie is objectively great. It's, yeah. a, a, I think it's a very harmful way of using that word because it's like... it's a, you, you, Your opinion of a movie can't be objective. You know yeah. what I mean. Your opinion of anything creative can't be objective. It's always going to be your own subjective saying opinion. Saying that film is objectively good, yeah,
0: is like you're you're basically saying, oh, well, it was made in this way, and that's the only way. Yeah, it was objectively good. Mm-hmm. It's like...
1: Which is so harmful. But I, I also think it's, it's 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 they're using that word as a way for people to not be able to have a different opinion. Yeah. Like, to have, have an opinion that's different from yours. He's like, no, but I'm objectively right by saying this. Like, no, no, no. Yeah, I don't like the use of that word so much with, with film critics recently. But, yeah, anyway, he, he's, he's, Homer sees Shaq on a billboard and he, he's saying this. He's telling Homer that um, all of his hostility could leave him very wealthy. <laughs> he's like... He's like, Th- think Homer. What's one thing that every American has in common? It's like they're furious all the time about everything. Exactly. <laughs> I know what to do. We didn't cut to them back at home. He rushes the family into the sitting room. He's like, my thing is coming on. He's like, wait, what thing? Like, you know, the thing I never told you about. <laughs> he got to a commercial where he's announcing the light-up shirt. <laughs> and he's wearing a shirt that says, I hate history. And the way it was made was really funny because it was like it was like he shot one bit during the day and one bit during the night. And they're both set in the kitchen, so it's like clearly <laughs> two very different times. I just love like the the amateur filmmaking it was so realistic that Homer made yeah. us. <laughs> he says that it has many snappy slogans, all tailor made for your recently acquired but deeply held views. One is never remember. Another is the truth will make you sad. Another is don't teach on me. And he says the fiber gives you more energy and pushes all the blood to your face, so you'll never look not angry again. And Bart just goes, "Oh, dad, way to push the rage box in the red hat crowd." And Lisa's like, I find it appalling. I was like, oh, we have a shirt for you too. It's an ad for clearly like more woke, like liberal people. It's like a stock photo of him like going through the woods and he goes up to a deer, a fake deer that's just labeled nature.
0: Oh, hi there. You caught me wearing my carbon neutral light up shirt with progressive slogans like shame on us. I know best.
1: And who farted? All the cows raised by the beef industry.
0: It's despicable, though that fart slogan makes a good point. You're pitting people against each other,
1: Lisa. That's what the t shirt industry has always done, ever since I'm with Stupid. Now, daddy's just giving Stupid a chance
0: to respond. <coughs> Ooh, they're responding. Tell me who you hate, and I'll get it right out to you.
1: We didn't cut to the very quick little clip of Kirk on Fox News. It just says, Kirk Van Houten, a press white man. It's like, I just want to say one thing to your millions and millions of viewers. I'm being silenced! (laughs) Just. Oh, fantastic. We then cut to, it's, it's Christmas now, randomly, and it's uh, Springfield Eggnog Days. It says, uh, let's do it noggy style. Amazing that they got away with that for a, you know, a family show rated 12 is like um, Lisa says, the Christmas spirit feels different this year. We see Hibberts wearing a t-shirt that says, uh, happy holidays, Jerk, and Lovelore just goes, it's Merry Christmas, jackass. <laughs> and Kirk and multiple parents start rioting, saying that they won't enjoy the holiday until they stop teaching about the gazebo but um then Mo man goes but people died that's why i'm an orphan which was a good thing because we actually saw in the the flashback scene earlier in the gazebo we saw two people that looked like Mo man clearly his parents yeah. like yes yeah, so that was a, a nice throwback it's in great life by courage just goes this guy's a crisis actor how come every bad thing seems to conveniently happen to him and a Hulk just takes yeah. Mo man Perfect. away Perfect. so great i was reading an article that i that i will mention soon in in the news but um one part of that article mentions Man. it was such a great point about moments that the simpsons could exist perfectly fine without him but his presence just makes the show just a little bit better and like i totally agree with that yeah completely just having this pathetic character who has no substance to him whatsoever just all the bad things happen to him (laughs) he's one of my favorite characters really yeah just because he's just like immediately just Belly laughs stupid, like... Most of the time when things happen to him, it seems like he's died. There he is in the next episode, just drowning. Um, But then Martin's parents come in, uh, leading uh, a a new group called Never Not Woke, saying that they mustn't forget, and Martin starts playing a song on his ukulele about um, a messy man with a messy head who goes by the name of Van Houten. Great little song, I'll probably include it in the audio.
0: There's a story that goes of a big gazebo That fell down one breezy June Sunday The mayor, it said, had rocks in his head And he went by the name of Van Houten
1: Kirk's crowds are chanting, My history, my choice, our gazebo was noise. Nice. <laughs> Mary Quimby asks Chalmers to stop teaching about the gazebo In fear that they might tear the town apart And Chalmers goes, yeah fine, he gives a crap which is just great Chalmers, like, he'll only fight things to a certain extent, you know, because he knows how stupid Springfield is, Like he'll never challenge it too hard. Mm-hmm. You know, very great Chalmers. Then Kirk's su- success starts getting to his head, and Lisa starts getting worried, but Marys assures her that she'll be a guard rail for his worst impulses. And it's like, you know, how bad can it be? We just got to a communist sign very similar to Stalin's, and it just says Kirk. And we see all these guards leading the way into Springfield Elementary. Which is like, when it, when it popped up, it shocked me, but there was really no other place for the episode to go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it made perfect sense this is what happened. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and we see this documentary now says, we're history sanitized for your protection. And Lisa's just like, I can't believe this all happened in three weeks. We didn't cut the, the, like, the Dr. Seuss-type narrator again informing us that people um, surrendered to Van Houten's wishes and his tale was on everything, even Kanish's. And the outcome turned out rather pernicious. We didn't cut the Channel 6 news, and we see it's now sponsored by Homer's House of Copper. And their slogan is, uh, millions and millions pandered to. It's so basically Homer's t-shirt company blew up. Um, and Kirk changes the name of the tire fire to the eternal flame of radiation and beauty. And we see they're burning multiple books. And Margie's like, you said you'd only burn half the books. I'm like, no way, this is our chance to turn eyesores into pride sores. We didn't cut to um, marriage and Homer at their new house. I found weird this was the second episode in a row where we see the family in a new house. Mm. You know, they got a new house here because of the success of Homer's t-shirts and the one before it was because of Bartlett's. They had like a gorgeous house. Yeah. um, But marriage asked Homer for his help to save Springfield from Kirk's ruling. Marriage goes, But what, what good does it profit a man if he... Gains the world, but loses his soul. And goes, <laughs> uh, he gains the world? We didn't cut the city hall. We see the Jevalli Springfield is now standing on a history professor, right than standing on a bear. She thought it was just a nice little detail there. Um, Luanne says to Kirk, you know, you're looking especially non-repulsive today. And Kirk goes, with great power comes great, you gotta like me. And Marge comes in and tells him the literacy has gone down because there'd be no books for people to read. But Kirk says that those um books were bummers. But Mary says that he can't base an entire society on uh, ignorance and forgetting the past. And he says he knows what he has to do now. In cut two, we see that he's built a, the the gazebo grand reopening, and Mary just goes, "Damn it!" Which again, like I didn't see that coming, but. There was no place else the episode should have gone. It was perfect yeah. that he rebuilt the gazebo. Because it's literally the whole thing of like, if you don't listen to history, it'll re- repeat itself. It's like them literally doing that. Mm-hmm. So cleverly done. Kirk says this this gazebo is twice as big as the original, which never existed. And he declares that they won the war against history and the past never happened. And we see that all, all the copper in their t-shirts, <laughs> in everyone's t-shirts, is creating an electrical field. Uh, Frank is explaining all of this um, and Homer just goes Dumb it down for us he's like I, I just did <laughs> and Kirk just goes oh soup crackers and the whole gazebo collapses <laughs> and oh and that's illegal as well as Homer's t-shirt says annoyed grunt mm-hmm. which basically little a bit of Simpsons history for you the original like stage direction for Doe was it, it, it just said annoyed grunt and Dan Castellaneta, oh. the voice actor improvised Doe so that's where that comes from, and they, they actually always write an annoyed, annoyed grunt in, in the stage directions as, as a as a little reference. Like they, they've never written dough oh, okay. into the script. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, it's cool? Is it? I mean, he, his T-shirt says that, and Homer says that we can ignore history. we can't ignore science it's like science is real and we must (laughs) we must not anger it and then the narrator announces that the the gazebo collapsed again in a different dumb ridiculous way which became known as Springfield's quirkiest quirkiest stupidest bloop day every panel we see this this narrator is in way way in the future teaching kids about the gazebo disaster and a bunch of parents burst in and they say how dare you teach that Horrible history story to my children, and they just erase him with a phaser in proper Star Trek fashion, and that concludes the episode. Mm. I thought this one was just a hoot, it was so, just good. so fun, yeah, definitely yeah.
0: one of the best of the season. You think? I yeah, feel like I say this every, most times, it's been a solid season. season, it's been a very solid season, yeah. This is definitely up there, totally. Um,
1: before you give your opinions, one thing yeah. that like surprised me about how great this episode was, but personally for me. Was that um, when reviews came out for before I'd seen it? The reviews were really bad, and I thought I got like a five point eight on IMDb, and right. I was like, "Oh man, I'm not looking forward to this episode." And after watching it, I think it's because the episode is not on either side. Mm. You know what I mean? So like the hardcore right were pissed off by it because it's not favoring them, but then the hardcore left were also pissed off again, by it because it's, it's not favoring like,
0: them. That the politics getting the episode? Exactly. It's, uh, well, such the episode a well-written, was actually really like. Fair and it, it on both sides the piss out of both
1: out so. of both of them exactly. But the people who are so hard on both sides, they, they're to- totally fine with the right being made fun of yeah. or totally the left being made fun of, but they can't stand their own party being made fun of. It's like you know um, what I mean.
0: It's like how South Park can't be criticised for that because they they've always everyone, been so. yeah
1: exactly. They've always made fun of both sides totally. I, I thought this episode did yeah. so well. I'm really but,
0: yeah. shocked because I didn't know about the reviews or anything. Yeah, well, I mean, sorry, that'd I mean, be actual like.
1: TV critics were very praised in this episode, oh, but like really just the general public. Yeah, like IMDb and stuff, so it has yeah, like really yeah. bad ratings, and I I would say it's because of that. Yeah, but I, hard, yeah. Jump into your feelings.
0: Yeah, no, sorry. Uh, you're not that boring. <laughs> Cut that. <laughs> nah, probably keep it in. Keep it in. Um, Got <laughs> to be humbled. So, what I liked was that. We haven't seen anything about the Miller house family for a while. No, like, the no. actual family. Not one
1: of the yeah, <laughs> main characters like. And
0: it felt so normal and I didn't once find myself like needing to like remember things about the characters or like yeah. had to figure anything out. It just felt very contained and normal like mm. like a normal Simpsons episode, but a really good one. Mm. Um just the the, the character building was great because totally we don't see him much mm-hmm. and it, like they just added more to his character correct yeah like yeah Kirk absolutely Gesser, yeah that we it made so much see... sense to him exactly yeah. and like every time you see his parents you're just it just further reminds you of like why millhouse is the way he is 100%. Um, and there were so many great episodes we were talking about a few of the scenes where like it's just joke after joke after joke. It felt like a, oh my like a very like classic Simpsons moment mm. where it's just like constant gags throughout a whole scene, that, like totally build story. Yes, um, and I just thought it was very unique. Episode And it's a character that we needed and wanted to know more about. Definitely. And it's, a, and it's a, a story that makes sense as well. Like, hmm. Millhouse having this, this family history yeah. of, of losers. It makes all so much sense. It, it, it was, if it was another character, it would have been, like, this great family history of, like, these champions. But, of course, with Milhouse, they're all losers. They're consistently losers, <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah, it was great for that um, eight...
1: Eight, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, gave, I gave it an eight as well. I just, I, like, like what you mentioned, it's always a great commentary. We've, we've been, like, having a... Some, the same school recently. recently. Yeah, yeah, it's just been really episodes. Yeah, it was a great commentary. I said, what it may have been lacking in plot, it made up for an incredibly consistent gags. Uh, I said, one of the funniest in the season for me, personally. There were so many... Maybe laugh out loud even if, I wasn't ma- even if I wasn't laughing out loud I was just like Oh wow that is a yeah, very yeah. clever It was well written gag Like him being on Fox News Being like To your millions millions of people I am being silenced." Like little things like that Because people do behave like that You know It's just it's So accurate Like just so many great bits I remember Like That I will remember Like the, the bit The joke about Homer's age The Lady Gaga joke The Shaquille O'Neal bits um, All the con- The references about Like Woke and conservative people uh, I just thought it was all hilarious. The Renny Wolfcastle's bit, so many funny mm. bits throughout. I thought it utilized its, its ensemble so brilliantly. Like there was, n- there was no better characters to put in these roles than the ones that they chose. Like Easy, Kirk yeah. was put into it perfectly. Marriage was great. Mo's involvement. Homer's obviously all perfect characters to choose. Uh, I, said, I thought the ending was perfect. Just like exactly where the plot should have gone. Like, you know. Kirk turning this place into a communist nation and him building the gazebo at the end I just thought there was no better way to, there was no better place to take the episode than that if they hadn't mm. gone as far as that it wouldn't have been as interesting Completely. you know yeah. because what they what they could have done would have, would have made perfect sense is, is if he just took over the school but it wouldn't have been as interesting it was more interesting he took over all of Springfield exactly you know yeah, yeah. and I and and it, it still w- somehow felt contained and... it did it did yeah. yeah even though he went in like a dark crazy area it's still like you said it had that classic feel of like yeah it had great jokes that progressed the plot, but it was still quite a simple plot. Like, it wasn't... I didn't feel like it too much was being thrown at me, ever. Even though the more the more I think about talking to you now, there's such a complex message going on in this episode that's still an ongoing conversation. Mm-hmm. I thought they did a great job of it, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, fantastic episode. Let's jump into the news.
0: Dylan Simpson news, Dylan Simpson news. Dylan Simpson's news.
1: Uh, so unfortunately I only have one piece of news this week, I just, with, with the show not being back yet and the writer's strike, there's just not a lot happening in the world of The Simpsons unfortunately, but I do have one fun little thing to jump into, is that Cracked, which has always been a great website for different Simpsons articles and stuff, it's a great little domain for Simpsons fans, they brought out a list of the top 100 Simpsons characters, Ooh. I'm not going to go through all that 100 the of them, the fact that
0: they have to make a top 100,
1: just shows in, what yeah, a great yeah, ensemble of characters they have, exactly. I'm not gonna go through all of but I'm gonna mention the ones that are really interesting to me that popped up in the list, and then the top ten, mm. which can be interesting. So in eighty seven we had Mr. Sparkle, the mascot who looked like Homer, the Japanese mascot. I thought was cool. Interesting. Yeah. 85 we had Spider Pig. 79, Marvin Monroe, who is like not a fan favourite, one that they wrote out of the show because the writers and the voice actor hate him so much, so I thought it was interesting to see him in the list. 67, Shauna Chalmers, Chalmers' daughter, I just found her being a very interesting because she's a character who's only popped up in re- in recent seasons. But I do, do, do think she's a great character. 55, we had Lou and Eddie. Hmm. Which is was interesting. Um, I think Lou is a much more important character and a character who has way more depth to him than Eddie does. But I, I guess it makes yeah. sense to put them together. Uh, 49, Hugo Simpson, which is Bart's evil twin that won Trials of Horror.
0: Wow. Yeah. That That's was- Crazy high, I know, right?
1: Yeah, I know it's incredibly high, but yeah, very interesting. But he's a great character, but we only see him once for like a seven minute yeah. segment, you know, fascinating. Uh, 39 Herb Powell, Homer's brother, nice 36, Radioactive Man, which again I found interesting hmm. for him to be that high.
0: I, yeah, I haven't seen anything about Radioactive Man for a long time.
1: No, his presence in the show isn't gigantic, but one, I read this entire article, <laughs> FYI a point he did not make is a reason why the character might be so high up on the list is more so because of a comic book that he brought out the Matt Groening made yeah. that like expands on like his character and his world way more than the show ever did it was, like, interesting point I, I'd like to read that comic book eventually 35 Kang Kodos which I, I, I thought they were deserving yeah. of being that high so it was interesting to see them there
0: could have been higher
1: yeah yeah possibly I love Kang Kodos 33 Kirk Van Houten I just thought mm. yeah, already had mentioned deserving. because of this episode yeah he is a great character 31 Lenny and Carol my argument is I think they should have been separate because like, they're yeah. such separate characters. Now, now they are. Definitely... Yeah, at this point, definitely. I would put Lenny higher personally, but I I think they should have been higher, definitely. 29, again, I thought would have been higher, and I'm sure you'll agree agree with me. Chief Wiggum.
0: Yeah, for sure. Like, top 20. Top 20 at least, yeah,
1: yeah totally. 28, is and Scratchy?
0: I just don't know how Itchy and Scratchy can be above Chief Wiggum. No, I'd agree, yeah, that that, that that
1: caught me as well. I was like, they're great, and i, I put them high also, but not higher than Chief Wiggum. Chief Wiggum is such an important member of the Springfield ensemble. He's so vital. Like, he makes so much sense as well as yeah. being the chief police officer of Springfield. Like, he's probably one of the big reasons why he's such a fucked up town, because he just can't handle Something, crime yeah. properly. He's such a great character. But yeah, 25 Traumers, again, I, I feel like more so because yeah. of recent seasons, is why he's that high. And I deserve that. He's a fantastic character. 22, Maggie. Which, yeah, probably about right. She's not a top-tier Simpson, but she's great. Yeah. You know, yeah. She has to be somewhere. 20, cents, Little Helper. 19, this might shock you, Frank Grimes. Wow.
0: Yeah. But you know what? He's a great character. I'm not even... Me neither, no. That, yeah. That's
1: just how great he is. Of the
0: episode is, and yeah. Yeah,
1: exactly. And, like, what, what an important member of the t- of the town he is even though we only see him once is because he's such a great commentary of how ridiculous yeah. Homer is as a character 18 millhouse about right huh? yeah one thing i had to mention what they mentioned about millhouse in that article i would never known either of these details and both of them just make so much tragic sense to millhouse as a character is his first appearance was not actually on the simpsons it was on a butterfinger commercial really yeah in the, in the 90s they had some sponsorship deal with Simpsons were Bart did like all these Butterfinger
0: commercials oh, so they'd already made like Milhouse was already a character but it just happened that the commercial aired first Does
1: the commercial man? came out before oh, interesting he was ever in the show that's hilarious it, just, like, it, it makes sense he was character for some reason that he was in the commercial before he was ever in the show and also the, the design for Milhouse um was originally done for a cartoon sh- a, a kid's cartoon that Mac Rainey was going to make that never came into fruition so, he ended up just like recycling it, that, that design for Simpsons.
0: It, I could see that happening, like Milhouse being like a kid's. Yeah, that, that, that,
1: that design stuff. makes sense. It also kind of explains that he looks quite different to the rest of Springfield, does. Yeah, he does. You know what I mean? Like yeah. his big nose and his blue eyebrows. The rest of them don't have eyebrows.
0: I won't, I won't look for it now, but in this mm. episode, there was like a background character in Springfield, this like woman. She looked like. Well, I've had to pause it because really? she looked like a Bob's Burgers character. Oh, really? And it was like it really didn't look like a, looked more like a Bob's Burgers character with that like really long. Yeah, round yeah, nose and yeah. Like everything it was it like was a sausage really weird. nose. Weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pointed out to me. That's fascinating.
1: Um, Seventeen with Grandpa. Fair. Yeah, yeah, totally. Fifteen Lionel Hutz. But yeah, I think totally deserving fantastic character. Which just shows how great he is that they retired the character. They retired the character after season nine and. What what is an impression that in the show that yeah. he made it this high, fourteen Hank Scorpio, again one episode but great great character I'm I'm not complaining, thirteen controversial one Apu, okay. but deserving because he's a fantastic yeah, he character great.
0: yeah like it's it's interesting how high like the one time characters are on this because. Yeah. I think it's interesting to put them in there because, like, Frank Grimes left such a legacy. Totally. Um, yeah, well, I don't know if you can really. I think there should be, like, a separate list for one time. Yeah, like, maybe. Because when
1: it's 100 characters, yeah. you know, there's kind of room for all of them. But yeah, surprising that they made it this high. 12 Smithers. Okay. Yeah, again, fair. 11 Psycho Bob. Yeah, fair. Absolutely. Fair. And I'll give you the whole top 10.
0: So 10 Troy McClure.
1: Absolutely Love, deserving. Yeah. Love him so much. Nine, Mr. yeah. Nine, Mo. would have thought a little bit higher, but yeah.
0: Mo for me is top five.
1: Top five, easily, yeah. yeah. Eight. Principal Skinner. He, well, probably top five. For me, top five. <laughs> I mean, for me, top three. Um, seven, Mr. Burns. Again, I would have, obviously for you, number for one. For me, number one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Still, I would have thought argue, higher. Yeah. I also would have thought a little bit higher for this. Number six, Marriage. Uh, it's fair. Yeah, no, I wasn't surprised. I just was supposed to be like, oh, wow, okay, She's only not even a top five, okay. Five, Krusty.
0: Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, great, be great, be great character. In top ten. Yeah. yeah. Four, Ned Flanders. Slightly too high, still a great character.
1: Maybe. Top ten. I would agree with you, but I do get why he's that high, because when you think about it, he probably is the most is... established character outside the family. Yeah, There's so much detail to him. He does have some sort of great episodes. Yeah. yeah, totally. You know what I'm saying about him as well? One thing that makes
0: Flanders interesting I don't character... Want to, I, I, I like leaving this as a surprise. I don't even want to see the list. You don't I'm want to, want to try, see the top 3 to not look at it. Sure. No, no, just because it's there, like trying, cause oh, it's sorry, a yeah. I might try it. Oh, sorry, yeah. Have you seen it yet? No. No.
1: Okay, good. But my, my point, what, what makes Flanders interesting as a character is that Every character outside of the family, we know them because of their relationship with some family member. Like we know Milhouse through Bart, we know Mo through yeah. Homer. Whereas Ned is just their neighbour, so he's not really like directly involved with any of them. You yeah, I, mean? I
0: guess we know him because of Homer's shenanigans. But yeah, Ned, but he also has a relationship with marriage. Just there.
1: Yeah, he has a relationship with all four of them, but like he's not directly connected with any of them. Usually episodes with Ned from his perspective yeah. it's not like Ned and Homer or Ned and Barrett. it's just Ned and his own that's so true yeah th- that's like how important the character he is yeah so I, I really guess the top three I obviously a, we know who it is but
0: I have a prediction yes that Homer is not going to be number one don't say anything I, just, I won't I have a feeling that's just something they would do mm. so top three I mean we haven't had Bart so I think Bart's going to be number two. Mm-hmm. I think Homer's going to be number three. Mm. And I reckon they put Lisa number one. Okay. Which I don't agree with, but I think that's what they've done. For. Okay. Yeah.
1: So, number three was Bart.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, number three was Bart. Don't tell me if put Lisa number one. Number two was Lisa. Oh, okay. <laughs> And then number one was Homer Simpson.
0: It, it could, like At least they were sensible. 100%. Like, with it being Homer.
1: Honestly, I agree with that top three. Those are my three favorite characters in that order. I prefer... Lisa the Barrett really yeah yeah I do yeah, as I've gotten older I'm, got I'm no glad later. they
0: weren't like no let's be different and not put Homer number one Homer has no, to be number one he belongs one. number one
1: yeah and and their points for why he was number one is so perfect they said Homer manages to be the Simpsons' most complex character while also being the funniest so true yeah making him nearly every viewer's favourite Homer is a paradox in that he is the best dad, son, husband neighbour and friend that anyone could have but he's also the worst mm-hmm. that paradox is pretty relatable his faults are our faults it was like you couldn't... Spot on. Yeah, isn't it yeah. just on the money? Like, yeah, that's why... It, I mean, he's my favorite character of all time. He's a,
0: he's a complete paradox. Cause, yeah, he's just, like, the worst type of person, but the best type of person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He, exactly. yeah, he yeah. really is just a mastered character. Yeah, it's... that's, yeah, that's why you can and do so much with him. somehow such an idiot.
1: Exactly, yeah. Like, the thing you said about him being a paradox is why you can do so much with Homer. Like, you can do an episode where he's, like, working with a charity voluntarily, because he's such a good person, but you could also do an episode where he... You know, takes over Springfield because he. Yeah. There's a bad side to him too. You know, like you can do so much with him because he's such a. I think the the fact that he's an idiot is a part of that as well. Like, always goes along with everything because he doesn't think; he just does. You know, it's I'd like be, um, the joy of his character.
0: I'd be very interested. Did the crap do anything on South Park? Probably. I'm
1: sure they did, they did. They did so many. I'd like to shows. see like a top. 20 South Park, South Park characters. characters. Yeah, I'm sure they have.
0: Because I feel like Eric Cartman would
1: have to be number one. Yeah, oh, definitely. For me, anyway. Yeah, I'm pretty sure actually when I was reading this article, a, a suggestion for a South Park episode popped up. I think it was like top 20 underrated South Park episodes. Oh, okay. So they must have been a couple of South Park articles. Yeah. I mean, these guys are just like, it's just like a nerd channel, basically. Yeah, I've so, the web. I remember the website. Oh,
0: yeah. Cracked is great. The website I love like, stuff. still looks very like 2000s. Yeah, but I kind of like it. <laughs> yeah, it's totally charming. Yeah, it makes me feel like I'm back in that era. Yeah, right?
1: totally. it's always, like, it's like they purposely haven't updated it, yeah. you know. Has that charm to it for sure.
0: I don't know how to describe this, but that the cracked website feels like a CEX. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, it? I absolutely <laughs> know what you mean. It's
0: retro, yeah. I guess.
1: Yeah, it's retro, and it yeah, it, it, it kind of it makes you feel like
0: you're like in your teens again, almost. I wonder what the interview for to get a job at CEX is like. It's like um, I would say it's pissy. Do you isn't? have coloured hair? Uh, yes. Um, do you, do you <laughs> smell and have acne? Yeah. Okay. <laughs>
1: Do you act like eight years younger than you actually are? Yeah.
0: <laughs> are you going to act like every person that comes in is a massive inconvenience? Right? <laughs> That's, so oh, That's so true. That's so true. Especially
1: when you have games to give away, they look so annoyed by you. I'm like, I thought this is what you guys yeah, did. Yeah, your job. Yeah, fucking hell. Hey,
0: um, will you buy my old PSP? And they're like, <sighs> Yeah, five pounds. <laughs> five pounds. Fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> Literally and then sell it for like fifty. Exactly. Like, I used to live uh, in South London, and mm. where I lived, there was a CEX very near. Yeah. Every time I went in, there would be, like, a very dangerous-looking... It was always someone different. It, <laughs> yeah. There's always just dangerous-looking people in there with their hoods up. Oh, dear. And CEX people are, like, buying, like, phones, controllers, or consoles off them. Mm. And you just know that, like, all they've done is just steal a console or a PS... Like, all, all this old stuff. Yeah and then just quickly getting a bit of cash for it really like, it's, it's kind of easy because it's so untraceable as well it's just like i know yeah How do you just trace all they that? have to do is because if they ha- it's so, so long-winded it. if they have to sell it online yeah it can totally. be traced but like they literally what to do is steal something go and cx cx will buy it yeah it. well
1: they'll probably go home and reset it yeah and then yeah sell it yeah it's really
0: interesting tragic um yeah seb's seb's classics <laughs> So I wanted to stay, um... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was wondering, was that intentional? Usually I go, like, um... for something that's not like the episode we watched. But this time I was like, no, because we haven't had Millhouse or his dad or his family in it's such so a lot. long time, yeah. I was like, I want to do something similar. So I was looking up Millhouse episodes, mm. and I found one that I really remember because it used to play a lot on Channel 4. Oh, really? And I think this was the era... When I was a kid, like, season 15 was like... Those are the episodes that were playing about, at the time, because yeah, they were sure. slightly new. Yeah. Um, what,
1: 2000, what, was, what was season 15 be? I guess 2006, maybe. So, so yeah, that makes m- sense. It makes sense. No, sorry. No, season 15 would have been, like, because they're always a year behind. So, like, 2004
0: or 2005. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's sort of the peak era I was watching on Channel 4. On Channel 4, 4. yeah, totally. Um, and it's called Millhouse Doesn't Live Here Anymore um and it's yes. a great episode and i remember honestly i remember seeing this episode a few times so many moments hit me where i was like mm. oh i remember this i remember this yeah um and it's basically about um milhouse d- developing a bit of an attitude yes his mum and his dad sort of divorce it's not very clear um but well, his mum gets a job I, and I, I, at
1: this period of the show they would have see i on the, the family the yeah, I, I know shit. They would have um, separated, but they hadn't actually officially officially yes. divorced. Okay. Yeah.
0: Um, his mum gets a job in capital city. Yeah. And um, Neil moves there. there. Yeah. Bart and it's about Bart being very very broken about it. Yeah, and I really feel for him. He's trying. So. He's trying to like. He has to make new friends ralph ends up coming over <laughs> and in such a that good moment great. it cuts to like a, a scene where ralph counts to 20 he opens his eyes and bart's there and he's like oh i found you yeah and bart's like we're, we're playing we're... checkers <laughs> and he's like, i don't like what was it I...
1: oh what was it again i don't like you S-
0: something mum
1: Oh. I I like you new mommy yeah. <laughs> he just runs away and, and, that, and that
0: speaks to how low Bart stooped in this episode that not even Ralph wanted to be his friend yeah. the, most, the most needy person in the show
1: I love when he rings the door but Lisa's like please don't tell me it's Ralph it's not Ralph, opens the door, it's Ralph yeah. <laughs> it's so good um, and I mean my favourite thing about this episode is
0: Homer's side plot
1: I was going to ask yeah, how you felt about <laughs> that, that side plot because I would imagine this subplot being one of like people's kind of examples of like a jerk ass Homer but I think it's so fun He's so
0: good man because <laughs> he, he's such a dick for it yeah um, but Homer and the one scene I always remember because it really stuck with me from when I was a kid for some reason yeah is when he first goes into Moe's and um, three of them cheers yeah and then the Ho- beer goes up the smacks air. it all the beer goes up in the air and Homer downs all their beers in one. I, was like, oh, that stuck my... me. I don't know why. Yeah, I was
1: like, A lot of that went to my lungs.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, but Homer through a homeless man discovers a way to make money yeah. to buy Marge nice things, which is Homer's really good at acting like a pathetic, <laughs> sad, homeless guy that can dance yeah. like, and sing. And people yeah. feel sorry for him and give him money. My favourite bit is when that woman's like yeah. um, Oh, yeah, you, you poor thing. You can't even dance. He yeah. stops dancing. Like, I didn't say stop. And he continues dancing. It's great. Um, and then okay. he's, he's buying Marge like a really nice uh, diamond earrings and yeah. everything. Um, Marge eventually finds out because the homeless people stop being He's stealing all he's their taking, business. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's uh, such a great song. He's class. making
0: so much money off it that he can buy this stuff. I know, it's ridiculous. Um, and then uh, as, to make Homer feel bad Marge says she's going to continue wearing the diamond earrings mm. um, because she secretly just still wants to really wear them <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly she, deep down she's still materialistic <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah a great little marriage scene as well that's how like,
1: made so much sense in both of their characters and actually. Bart goes
0: to Capital City and it's very interesting like, how uh, the roles reversed and Milhouse was this like cool guy and then
1: yeah. he, it, it was also such a bad sign of Milhouse's character but it made total sense and if he was ever put in a position of power of power where he can yeah. appear cooler than Bart, he will just totally yeah, take it and off he him. did yeah and he begged Bart to let, him, baby. to let him get a wedgie and yeah Bart. oh that, i mean i've been breaking my yeah, heart yeah he's like i oh,
0: always love you boy.
1: I mean, we've always been that as kids too when like we meet our friends other friends we don't know yeah. and they, they, they treat you differently oh i hate that. we've experienced that yeah. like yeah but yeah great story um I, I love the relationship that forms. I mean, it is much more of a Barry episode than it is a Millhouse episode. I love the relationship that forms between him and Lisa throughout, because he's not Millhouse anymore. So he clings to Lisa now, and yeah, it's so sweet. And the way
0: he wrapped it up by playing um, the capital city monopoly, but all the chance cards were like ones that he made. we gonna do for Lisa. Yeah, yeah, like uh, it was very sweet.
1: Yeah, really sweet. And she's like, "You don't have to do this." And he's like, "Just because my friends back doesn't mean I didn't learn how to be a better brother." Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a really sweet, well put together episode. I also love when Kirk or sorry when Milhouse comes back at the end and he's like oh why did you come back and Kirk comes in and it's like oh the, the, the court the, the court made him come back because the judge felt bad for me and he starts dancing like pity ruling pity oh ruling oh my
0: god that was so good because he's so pathetic
1: <laughs> pathetic and the repo man goes in he's like repo man we're taking a pants he's like no please not in front of my son he's like you have a son like okay. yes just don't talk about it oh my god man <laughs> So pathetic. He loses his pants. <laughs> it's so good. But um, yeah, super fun episode. Honestly,
0: yeah. what an underrated episode. Underrated, man. yeah, we totally. We really talk about this episode enough. It's no. so good.
1: Yeah, great main plot. I thought had a, a lot of heart to it. and was well written, well, well put together. And it's balanced, ni- balanced out nicely by a really silly subplot with Homer. just dancing for money, yeah. <laughs> it's so stupid. I love it as well when the homeless people are like getting really pissed off by him taking their business and then one woman starts shouting and the homeless guy just goes, Wait, you're a woman? And it's like, yeah, and he starts like cursing at him, being like, Oh, you, you, you scum, scumbag! you didn't know? And he's like, want to make out, like, everyone's lonely. <laughs> it's just so weird true. little bits, yeah, I love it.
0: man, for me, this is a 9.5. 9.5? A 9.5. Wow, it's okay.
1: So I wouldn't put it that high, personally. I'd probably give it an 8 wow. I think it's really good Don't get me wrong But yeah I don't think it's like Sensational I think it is Yeah fair enough Fair yeah. enough yeah. yeah totally No I mean, no it's great it episode. Your opinion's wrong <laughs> Yeah Is <laughs> yeah, it objectively A 9.5 episode yeah. No I didn't really like it But i, I, I give it an 8 um, One thing about I love too Is the ensemble Is utilised really brilliantly in The episode as well There's two more bits Is when they're in, in the power plant at the beginning they're like Lenny, Carolyn and Homer are like rolling on the barrels, they're like rolling, 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 open barrel rolling, radiation poisoning, we'll oh, die yeah. <laughs> I love that That's bit. Great. And the reason why Homer starts like trying to make more money is because Apu is like treating Manjula for like their anniversary and I just love Apu's line where he's like, Yes, I'm taking her to see Paris, Hilton, on our way to Paris, Texas. <laughs> on their way over to Paris, France. It's yeah, just such a dumb little joke. I loved it. Yeah, but let's live here anymore. Great season 15 episode. Now let's go over to who wrote this episode. Ooh. For people who don't know the segment yet, this is a segment I do where I pay tribute in honor of the writer's strike to a writer on this episode. So for... Did you
0: see uh, Adam Sandler and Ben Stiller?
1: Yeah, yeah, they that were protesting cool. with Yeah, That was yeah. super cool. Yeah, I loved how... <laughs> Benson was wearing like a really nice suit, and Adam Sandler's in his classic like, Always. yeah, basketball Foster shirt, shorts, jeans, yeah. <laughs> <Love it. laughs> or not jeans, yeah, shorts. Um, it's all good, but yeah,
0: still is like completely
1: great. It's kind of it's a, crazy, yeah, but like
0: kind of a similar Fox, like it, right it, it, it suits him, yeah, it really
1: suits him. He's taking such, he's he's, he's another great example actually, of somebody who's totally turned his career around, like in a way like that, that really inspires me because he was like. Totally typecast, not that bad way because he was so great at it as being like you know the awkward lead in like yeah. romantic comedies, but now he's totally turned around like he's just like a brilliant writer and director. Now, I mean, that I haven't seen yet, but that's, that show Severance on Apple TV is meant to be great. He had that show is one well for HBO called Escape from Dunamara with Benicio del Toro and yeah, um, that guy who played the red Paul Dano. You know, he's totally like, he, he used to be elite in comedies, now he's directing dramas. Nice. You know, it's a complete opposite, and, he, and he's excelled at both.
0: I'll never you know? get over, obviously, the first ever episode of Extras.
1: Oh, he's so good in that scene about the, about dodgeball... Yeah Oh such and the, a great and that bit that bit where
0: that kid Like trips and laughs, <laughs> it's so and good he's like what if, what if I hold a gun To your mommy's head
1: <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't get no credit For how good he is At playing assholes Yeah He's great at that too Like in Dodgeball Happy Gilmore Absolutely himself in Escher's extras. It's so good
0: that they just, like, they managed to convince all these celebrities to have such self-aware characters about Totally, themselves. but also, like, playing such I like, imagine telling people. Ben Stiller, like, oh, by the way, your character's going to be obsessed with dodgeball. Yeah. But, like, you're not really over dodgeball. He's going like, to do a model like, about how great dodgeball is. And that's... you're going to tell the great Patrick Stewart, like, to play a character where he's basically, like, just... <laughs> Rinsing himself. Yeah, that exactly.
1: So totally <laughs> boasting about himself. Absolutely. Such an amazing show. But yeah, anyway, this, this episode was written by Michael Price. I'm sure we know surprisingly from how greatly written the show is, that he's been writing for show for a very long time. He's written the show since 2003. As so it he's, he's also written on the PJs, which was Eddie Murphy's claymation series from the 90s. And I didn't know this, he co-created F is for Family with Bill Burr. Wow! Yeah, know. never knew that. I, I thought Bill Burr made a show on his own, but it makes sense that somebody who worked in The Simpsons created a different family show yeah. with Bill Burr. It makes sense that he got somebody who's obviously such a huge staple to a different animated sitcom to help him make that show. You know, have you seen Ebberser Family? I haven't. I haven't either. I want to check it out. I'm I'm sure I'd like it. I mean, I, I want to watch it anyway because of Bill Burr. Now that I know that a major Simpsons writer also worked on Epis for Family makes me want to watch it even more now yeah I think it's cool looking at it is that he made Epis for for Family but never left the Simpsons while making that show like he was doing two shows in tandem that's That's just a hard worker like yeah but my top three personal favorite episodes he's written is I went for number three How the Test was won a great episode in season 20 where Principal Skinner takes like the, the worst kids in the school on a field trip because these big exams are coming out he doesn't want them to Participate in the exams and just like the way that his relationship develops throughout with like all the bratty's kids in, in, in the school Which is basically like Bart, Ralph and the bullies the way their relationship develops is done really nicely and Otto is used well in the episode also Number two I went for my mother the carjacker, which is the second episode where Homer's mom comes back and as you know I just always love the episodes with uh, That that expand on Homer's relationship with his mom It always breaks my heart and that this episode is a solid example that's in season 15 and number one, I went for Fats Corral, though, season 28. Again, it's a great Homer episode about um, this hot dog stand that he used to always go to as a kid, which was like the last member he had with his mother, again, episode with his mom. The hot, do- the hot dog cart is being shut down. He basically starts protesting, trying to get the hot dog cart to open back up. And it becomes like this beautiful metaphor about how obsessed we are with nostalgia and like yeah. things that connect us to a more innocent time of our lives. And just solid, wonderful Homer episode as well. Yeah, very well written episode. Just a great, great writer, yeah. And he also has a consultant credit on the Simpsons movie, naturally. So, yeah, solid, solid writer. Let's jump on to the questions. Nice. We have uh, three this week. Nice. Yeah. One Simpsons question and two not. So, which one? Well, a little the Simpsons, Simpsons one. question, one yeah? yeah. My buddy Sean McGirl, a great uh, actor, director friend of mine from Cork City, asked... Um, actually, great question. Favors and least favorite Treehouse of Horror?
0: I mean, my least favourite, straight up, mm. was um, the one... Not this season, but before. The, bef- yeah, the last season. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, definitely. Definitely. Um, my favourite one... Just so disappointing, yeah. Um, my favourite one is actually probably... Are we talking about the whole episode or segment? I actually assumed you meant segments, but right. we do both. Segment, I mean, episode would be that, and then my least favourite from that episode... The tree, yeah, one. Be the tree one,
1: agreed. Yeah, that's my least favorite. Of the that that was only in my head immediately. It's just, just so nothing, lacks
0: creativity, it lacks it's, everything. Yeah. It's
1: so it's so pointless. It's just they're clearly just getting the
0: job done, yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and surprisingly, you'd be surprised. My favorite episode is and segment is the one, um, where uh, with, it's, like it's the telescope. No, I I, I, I was actually yeah. gonna guess that because I remember you loving that I one when we did
1: it for Seth's classics, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised. Yeah, the, the Genesis tub, yeah. I'm not surprised. My yeah, my least favorite one is the one you just said. The Treehouse of... the season thirty. This was season 34, season is season thirty four. Season thirty three. Yeah. is of horror, it's My least favorite Treehouse of Horror. My least favorite segment is the tree one. My favorite Treehouse of Horror is definitely season six, which is mm. the the shining one, the time traveling toaster, and the nightmare cafeteria. Yeah. And then my great. favorite Treehouse of Horror segment of all time is the my is the time traveling toaster. Great. I think that one is fantastic. So good. Could have been a whole episode, but they do manage to fit so much into like that seven minutes I love all the different universes that Homer goes to my favorite one of my favorite scenes of the whole show is when he goes to that that one is like just the perfect version of of, like his life where it's like the, the, the family are all prim and proper and they all love him and the house is really nice and they all dress well um but then they're like, uh, oh, what would you like for dessert?" He's like, oh, I'll have a donut. I'm like, donuts, what are those? <gasps> no, I can't be here. He runs away. And then we just see this raining donuts. Yeah. Which <laughs> so is like the most perfect world for Homer. <laughs> and he escaped it. Yeah, that episode is easily, I mean, hands down. And, and a lot of people would agree that's the best rounds of horror. Season six, just fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah, great question. Thank you, Sean. Then our other two questions is. It was a good question, actually. Yeah, great one. Yeah, one that makes you think. Um, our next question comes from Ollie Miller who usually asks great <laughs> questions but this week he didn't he just goes what year is it?
0: <laughs> I, I don't have a witty response to this it's just a dumb question
1: <laughs> what year is it? all I'll say is um, why Ollie, it's Christmas sir now let's jump into our final question from our, our biggest supporter Sebastian Sanger oh yeah. yeah who goes who's
0: winning? Zuckerberg or Musk? yeah I mean you just wanted to talk about I, this yeah I, I, I thought it was <laughs> A funny question I was like yeah. actually do you know what it'd be interesting to talk about current current news and yeah. the economic state of the world like we talk about politics there right so <laughs> I just think it's hilarious like it just feels surreal that this is happening I know yeah it, it yeah. feels like we're in a simulation it does Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk are having a boxing match and uh. you can watch it on X or Twitter if you want oh
1: wait sorry they're actually boxing each other they're having a boxing oh match. I didn't know that yeah holy shit isn't that just
0: surreal? No, I didn't know that. I can't believe it's happening. Fucking hell, it's, no! When it, is it? Do you know. Uh, very soon.
1: Fuck, I need to watch that. It's,
0: it's going to be on X.
1: Oh, I'm. I'm slash kind of, Twitter. Will I it? will be watching that. Fucking hell. Um, oh, free. it's going to be on Twitter.
0: For free. X. Oh,
1: fuck it. It's called X yeah. now, right? Yeah. Yeah. I see. I'm. I'm very not in the loop. I didn't you haven't even know on, that. You've been on X for a while. Okay. Been... No, I'm not. I'm never on Twitter anymore. No. Um,
0: it would be on there for
1: free. I mean, also when you mean who is winning, you literally meant the boxing match. Yeah, I think you meant like life in general. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think Musk.
0: I think so as well. Mark Zuckerberg
1: is a tiny, skinny man.
0: You should see him more recently. Oh, really? Has he been getting fist? Oh, right, never mind. I still think. I can't imagine being bulk I have this weird feeling, even though I think Elon's still going to win. Yeah. I have this weird feeling that Mark Zuckerberg will, because Mark Zuckerberg's, like, bulked up and everything, and I feel like Elon Musk is, like,. Oh, whatever, he's a little rat. I'm gonna win, right? And just doing a few weights here and there, right? Whereas Mark Zuckerberg's like clearly taking it really seriously. Mm. And you should see they're having like beef online, yeah. But,
1: like it's it's crazy. Like one of those things, like you know, slow and steady wins the race. Like Musk is just assuming that he's gonna win. Like Musk is the you know, the tortoise and the hare. Like Musk is the tortoise, assuming he's going to win. Yeah. Whereas, um, I'm no, sorry, Musk is the hare, yeah, yeah. assuming he's gonna win. Whereas Squid could be the tortoise. Yeah, yeah, where he's actually putting in the work. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. Interesting. I, I,
0: find, I just find it mad that like the two the people that the two people that own the biggest social media platforms. the <laughs> know are like having beef online. and yeah. having a boxing. Both
1: line. easily like top five richest people in the world. I assume well, yeah. at least top ten, both of them. Yeah. yeah,
0: mental. Like, who's nice? Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos. I know. I, know. <laughs> I mean, Jeff Bezos probably has about twenty years on him, so he probably would be in. As in, like As twenty it, years younger. Yeah, 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 yeah I'm sure. <laughs> but, um, even though I feel, like, I feel like Jeff Bezos would would punch like um, Mr. Burns it feels like he just has nothing there he's just no
1: yeah that man has no fucking soul such a strange dude yeah, yeah. Strange.
0: have you seen that video of um with the magician? yeah
1: yeah he's just lifeless in it he's just being he's so like, odd he's not a
0: real person he's like <laughs> he's a fucking role
1: but he's he's like really, he's like trying a bit too hard to be buddy buddy with his friends All the and people like
0: people around him as well i know you're just
1: like these are evil people yeah yeah 100% percent There are people who are either also incredibly rich or people who are just like Mooched off him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, very disturbing but, um, <laughs> video. I... So I, I,
0: I think... I think Musk.
1: Without knowing any information, I would have said Musk. But for everything you just told me, I'm thinking of the Tursing the Hair thing, and go yeah. um, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with Zuckerberg. Really? Just so we had different answers is more, is more interesting. Yeah, yeah. We can check back in and see who won. I
0: actually bet a tenor on it with my girlfriend. Oh, really? Yeah,
1: yeah. Jeez. She thinks Zuckerberg is going to win. Does that cause a lot of friction?
0: Yes, it's it's been ruining the relationship. Yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's funny because obviously, yeah, Zuckerberg is mocking up and stuff. But when I see interviews, Zuckerberg doesn't seem to have a lot of rage in him. Whereas Musk does seem like somebody who's who's like waiting, waiting to crack. You know what I mean?
0: I do feel like Like when you see him on
1: Rogan and stuff, he he seems like there's there's I feel like he can fight. Yeah, and he's from South Africa. True, but he he seems like he's he's ready to snap. You know what I mean? Like he's so controlled. But he looks like he just needs someone to push him over the edge, and he will just start shouting.
0: Zuckerberg, he can bulk up as much as he wants. I feel like he's never had a fight.
1: No, No, yeah. Whereas maybe Musk has. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. I'm still going to go with. Zuckerberg, just, just so we have wow, okay. a, different answers, just so it's more interesting that way, I think. I wonder
0: when the fight is, because maybe by the yeah, next, it next podcast, it we'll might be. be able to talk about it. Mm. We're just becoming a generic podcast. I know, yeah,
1: instead of talking about The Simpsons, we're talking about current politics. It's, it's fun to talk about different things.
0: Mark Zuckerberg, when will it happen? The fight. Uh, August 26th. Oh, it's a okay. cage fight.
1: Wow. Wow. Okay, so we we probably have we'll, we'll do a few podcasts before this one, yeah. so we can we can keep updated on the on the situation, maybe. Yeah, will keep you guys updated. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> talk about it. But yeah, I, I can't wait to watch this. <laughs> yeah, yeah man. that's gonna be fascinating. Oh,
0: they should play it at a pub or something.
1: Oh, I'm sure there'll be something in London. Sure, that's going to be playing it. Yeah, oh, I'm I, I'm definitely hitting this up. But anyway, let's let's jump into the recommendation of the week. Let's, As we always here do. Here we go. This is even more serious than Mark, than Mark Zuckerberg versus Elon Musk. Yep. Rock, paper, scissors. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh dear. Oh, it's fucking rude. You know, you want to leave? <laughs> yeah, so it's me again, guys. So it's me again, guys. <laughs> what does that what I sound like? Yeah. That's like a minstrel. It's like racism. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's like, it's like the freaking revolution all over again, man. <laughs> okay. My first recommendation. I mean, I'm sure the people who listen to this podcast are. may already be watching it, but. Oh, in, just in that, case. Oh, okay, don't worry. Just in case you're not watching it, and maybe the whole thing about things being rebooted all the time is putting you off checking this out, I'm letting you know that it is so worth it. It's so far, the new season of Futurama has been oh, fantastic. Really? It has just been. Each episode has. There's only three so far, but all of them have been bangers. They've they, 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 just been great episodes that, like, have been progressing the show. It, just, it it really feels like it has a reason to come back. It isn't like it's a cheap cash grab. You can tell mm-hmm. from the writers' perspective that there was love and heart being put into bringing the show back, and they're just clearly excited and wanting to do the show again. And just each episode has been great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. Um, I, I I know. I feel like a kid again. I'm just really excited. To, like have a new episode of Futurama to be looking forward to every week. You know, because the show has been has been over for ten years now. The last season was two thousand thirteen. So yeah, it just feels like. Getting your childhood back a little bit, Having Futurama nice. look forward to you again So far All three episodes Have been fantastic So yeah if you, I'm sure Like obviously this, They're Matt Groening shows so I'm, I'm sure people listening to this podcast Always like Futurama But in case you've been avoiding The season For for whatever reason I would Advise immediately To hit it up cool. It's been so good so far nice. Yeah
0: Yeah um, After you I I'm gonna recommend uh, Sorry Sorry Having a glass of wine in the evening. Yeah. <laughs> uh, guys, I'm going to recommend, right, go to the cinema on the same day, watch Barbie and Oppenheimer, and say you're watching Barbenheimer. <laughs> that would be really fucking unique. Yeah, the cinema clerk yeah. will think you're really oh, out there. Like, uh, guys, honestly, go see Barbie and Oppenheimer. No, I, I had this like weird feeling that you were going to recommend Barbie or Oppenheimer. I haven't seen Oppenheimer. I, in either. my head, I was like, please don't recommend Barbie and Oppenheimer.
1: Well, for me, I haven't seen Oppenheimer yet. For me, I have seen Barbie. For me, it's just like I want to recommend something that people might not be aware of. It's exactly. Like everyone's exactly. aware of Barbie and Oppenheimer. That's the thing, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um,
0: so I'm going to recommend a game. Sure. I've recommended a game for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh La Noir. Ah. Uh, have you heard of this
1: game? I have indeed. Yeah. yeah is you, that Have you played this game? No, I haven't. Is that Rockstar? It's a Rockstar it game. It is. Yeah.
0: Um, and it's a unique Rockstar game because it's not. It's open world, but it's it's story-based, so you still have to stay on track of the story, even though you can go around open world. Yeah. Um, this game is, like, incredibly unique. Like, like, I've never played a game like it. Rockstar we'll always looked great, yeah. And, uh, you'd love it. You'd mm, absolutely love Really? It. Okay. It's so cool. Like, you basically, you play a detective in L.A. in the 50s. Right. Um, and you become... I mean, your story is becoming the detective, and you're progressing up the ranks into bigger cases. Hmm. Um, all the cases are so unique and there's still an ongoing storyline going on in the background Mm. there's so much going on Um, it feels you just feel it feels so cool like all the suits and everything you can change your suits yeah and my favorite thing about the game is like well you go around and you find evidence and stuff like that and Mm. you can like it's in your notebook and then like when, when you're interviewing people if you think they're lying you could actually look in your notebook and if you have something as proof of them lying, it's the ah, correct answer to say they're lying. That's so cool. So it will be like, oh, prove it. And then you can go in your notebook and you're like, this bloody tire iron I found in your trunk, you know? Yeah. Um, and there's... So so whenever you ask someone oh. a question, there's three answers. There's uh, truth, doubt, or lie.
1: Oh, so it's kind of like a
0: choose-your-own-adventure type yeah. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there is only one correct answer every time you ask a question. Oh, okay. Um... And what's great about this game is the soundtrack, because the soundtrack goes along with the story. So, like, when you're finding evidence, the music gets warmer because it's like, (laughs) oh, all right, I'm on the right track here because the music's getting, like, better. Right, right. Um, And and the music's so great. The cases are so unique. And Mm. it's so, you could tell they put so much effort and research into this game to make it exactly like it was. For detectives in fifties LA, and it feels True. like you're playing a film noir. Yeah, so it's yeah, so good. That sounds I'm, awesome. I already played for it years ago, and I'm recently playing for it again on the nice. remastered version. And it's just so good.
1: On PS five? On my PS five. Oh, yeah. cool. Okay, so you actually get it on newer consoles? Right? Yeah. Yeah. That... It's
0: it's the PS four version I'm playing on PS 4 Right, right. Yeah. Cause that it game. It was a PS three. Yeah,
1: that game predates GTA five. It I'm, does. Right, I'm right in saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. it's an old enough game, but you, I mean, that, that that goes to show how well written and how well crafted the story must be that it's an old yeah. game but you're replaying it now and you're still saying it's worth it I wish you know? they'd just make
0: another one man.
1: yeah that's surprising actually because it was a pretty big game that came out I remember yeah. Surprising never made a sequel with like Rockstar tend to do but to be fair the Rockstar they do take their time with stuff exactly
0: and that's why all their stuff so good yeah yeah totally they the never rush consistent anything game company,
1: totally they yeah. never rush anything they have such, such a unique voice like mm. on like any other gaming company really yeah that's cool it almost makes me want to play it even though I don't game anymore yeah. like, that does sound like a really fun game I love that I love the feeling of noir yeah you know the, like, obviously it really feels doing like a you're game, for a movie as yeah well. yeah totally doing a game you obviously get to be a bit more involved you have to feel like you are the detective That sounds awesome yeah my final recommendation is going to be something I've never done before I'm actually I'm surprised I haven't I'm not going to recommend a comedian
0: okay.
1: I'm not going to recommend a special or I've done that obviously I'm just recommending this, just jumping into a comedian's whole work basically is I've been obsessed with this guy at the called Joe List who I think people put under the radar a lot. And I will really admit I put him under the radar also. Because he's good friends with Mark Norman and Sam, Mer- Sam Merle, who I've mentioned many times on this podcast, who I absolutely love. And yes, he has a podcast with Mark Norman called Tuesdays with Stories, which is also well worth your time. It's a super funny podcast. But I don't know. I, I, I never gave Joe List the credit I, 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 I now think it is. I've like, gotten reading him recently. I, I think he's absolutely mm-hmm. hilarious. Um and he doesn't have as big a following as, as other those other two guys, and I, I think I think he deserves it. He's just so funny and awkward in the best way. He has two specials you can watch for free on YouTube called one is called I Hate Myself, and one's called This Year's Material. And he's he's an amazing storyteller. He really puts you into like the situation he was in and makes you feel it for him, but not not in the way that he wants you to pity him, but like just it's just hilarious. He's super funny, um, in a very unique way. Um that podcast he has with, with with Mark Norman, they're both just bounce on which are like back and forth so much like like they're playing tennis. They're just both just so um rapid fire. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he just he doesn't have a huge following and um, you know, he, he he makes a living being a sound comedian, but he's definitely not as big as the two guys I just mentioned. I I think he's well worth it. So if you want an introduction to Jonas, I would say watch the special, this year's material. I think that's his best special. Then just subscribe to his, his YouTube. He has great crowd work bits. He has this the series where he's just like, you know, he's on the road somewhere. He'll just like take his camera and start like looking around and following, looking around like, like what people are doing, like like a beach or a baseball game or something. Start making comments at people, mm, that's and it's cool. yeah, it's really really fun. Yeah, he has great content on YouTube. Um, it's great, like, loads of, lo- 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 like, random stuff on there and just, yeah, just a super funny guy. I just think it's worth people time just a, a little bit under the radar I think deserves a bit more of a following. Yeah. Sounds cool. Yeah, he's awesome. He's awesome. Highly recommend. Yeah. So that, that, that's my
0: recognitions for this week. you have anything else? Um, I'd recommend... i only watched a few episodes so far because I've been trying to take my time with it because it actually deserves attention. Sure. And, um, I don't want to just throw it on. I have no idea but I've been watching Andor oh wow well, like yeah I, I still wars haven't gotten to it yeah and if i've watched a few episodes and if it carries on as consistent as it's been so far it's definitely the best star wars series out there i mean i've heard nothing but good things it's, about it's, it's yeah. incredible like
1: mm. it's... i've heard, I, someone told me which is crazy that it's their favorite star wars property ever wow like as in not favorite tv show like they like it more than empire tries back more the favorite That's thing mad. that star wars has ever done yeah. What's, what's interesting High about range. it is
0: it's just completely separate from like Jedi's yeah. um, you know anyway. but
1: Andor is the guy in Rogue One same yeah. guy right Diego Luna
0: yes yeah yes. yeah, yeah. Um, so there is some connection it's, but not yet I guess yeah right right Um, that I know of
1: um, uh huh <laughs> so well you've seen Rogue One surely yeah yeah, yeah. he's the guy in that yeah. oh, so obviously Andor said beforehand because yeah 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 um, I don't know why I'm being careful. They came out in two thousand sixteen. Yeah. He dies in Rogue One. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, but no, it's 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 just incredible how it's um it feels most of the actors in this show are British. Hmm. Um and it feels British and right. it's very gritty. Maybe it's the very dark guy behind it. Do yeah, you know? I yeah. don't know. But it, it feels it feels like sort of like a British drama. Oh right, interesting. Like, um, that and it's it's very gritty and um what I love about all the new Star Wars series is that Mm. they're bringing back practical effects so much more they're making a conscious effort even with the characters that are completely like um you know like old school Jabba the Hutt before they CGI'd him. Mm-hmm. They're bringing that kind of characters back. And even though you look at these characters, you can tell, oh, someone's got a mask on their head. It's It's, it's part that cool. Sour's charm. Love it. Yeah, and, yeah, and they totally. know that. And that's what I like.
1: Yeah, totally. And I, what, what, what makes a difference for me when watching it is that you know the actor had something to interact with yeah. rather than just like a tennis ball and they CGI Yoda exactly, y- later. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like watching Yoda interact with Luke in... Um, Empire Strikes Back is, is more effective Definitely. because he's actually there as a puppet rather than watching Yoda in the prequels where he's just CGI talking to Completely, you know yeah. um, Anakin Skywalker for me I'm way more into the the, the practical effect can look shitty and, I, and I, I, I'll prefer it way more than like really crisp perfect CGI you know what I mean but
0: it's like you can tell that they're wearing stuff, but you're like, no, it's, it's kind. It's cool. Yeah, it's no, I, must like, re- it's, it's yeah. I, I like that kind Feels of, real.
1: yeah, that like gorilla sci-fi kind of vibe. I, I must prefer to like this pristine, perfect. And
0: I think they know now that that's going to age better than C- it will. CGI. It because does. Now yeah. we look at, back at this early two thousand stuff. We're like, Oh, yeah. So, like, the CGI and, like, spy yeah.
1: kids and stuff, which I remember loving as a kid being like, it's is unreal. Whereas, like, you yeah. see it now and it's, it's bad CGI. I was watching
0: some of um, Phantom Menace the other night. Oh, really? It's like, even that, it just doesn't look right. Yeah, sure,
1: because it was 1998 or something like that. It was yeah. that CGI, so, you know, we've come such a long way since then. So it's it just always going to date itself. Like, even the Marvel movies that came out now that have good CGI, in 20 years' time, probably won't look good in comparison to what we have now. So, yeah. Yeah, if you have real life puppets and practical effects it's just always going to age better exactly yeah, yeah. totally because very, very like true. you
0: were saying now we look back at empire strikes back the interactions with yoda just feel more real yeah really. because
1: you know the, the actual puppeteer frank Giles, was there voicing yoda talking to um talking to luke whereas in the prequels i imagine the actor wasn't even there yeah he just did his voice over later and Hayden Christian was probably talking to a tennis ball yeah. you know what I mean it makes, it makes a big difference it really does just, those, those small things just make uh, what's the word it, it, it gives the projects more prosperity you know they, things, they last longer
0: small things can make a difference guys exactly I, I definitely feel that
1: isn't that a quote from um, Spider-Man Is 3 isn't that what Stan Lee says to Tom Maguire oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well that's an interesting quote to end it on why not guys thank you as always for listening and as I always say, and I really truly mean this, I want to have your babies. Oh god. Let's hook oh god. up. Let's do it. Let's let's make me the world's first pregnant man, like be like Alan Schwarzenegger and Junior. Another recommendation. And um yeah, anything you like to say before we wrap it up?
0: I'm sick of this guy.
1: <laughs> oh, I
0: hate my life.